Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. Dean, a few weeks ago, you enlightened us some to some recent changes in the CFPB exam manual with regard to UDAP. So what interesting topic do you have to bring to the table today? Hi, Len. It's great to see you. Uh, lately, it seems like we've had a lot of constant wave of changes, proposals, interpretations. When I discussed UDAP a few weeks ago, we highlighted that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau conflated two statutory concepts, those being unfairness and discrimination. By announcing it would begin examining financial institutions for alleged discriminatory conduct that it deemed to be unfair under its UDAP authority. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau actually revised its exam manual to reflect its new view that unfairness can be applied to alleged discriminatory practices. When you take this new stance of the CFPB and the uptick in enforcement for fair lending, I think everyone should have a heightened awareness for fair lending. So I'm going to spend some time on this topic today. Well, it does sound like an excellent topic, and I agree we have a lot coming at us. I spoke at length about the CRA NPR and the proposed changes with that. So I guess we could say there's a common thread with all these changes. What do you think, Dean? Yeah, I agree. I mean, there is a common thread, and discrimination appears to be at the forefront with political polarization in this country and all the talk about inequities, unfairness, discrimination, et cetera, we can only expect the regulatory environment for fair lending to get even tougher. So can you talk about what you are seeing on the fair lending front as opposed to what we may be hearing and seeing? Yeah, absolutely. In my experience, we've seen a myriad of red flags in fair lending. However, redlining uh, stands out. Um, as defined according to the interagency fair lending examination procedures, when an institution provides unequal access to credit or unequal terms of credit because of race, color, national origin, or other prohibited characteristics of the residents of the area in which the credit seeker resides or will reside or which the residential property to be mortgaged is located. The Department of Justice recently announced a redlining initiative and they were joined uh, by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and the OCC which, put, which, which puts fair lending enforcement at the top of the priority list. So we must be prepared and, and, and be ready uh, for our fair lending exam. So Dean, is this new initiative different from traditional redlining risk? Yeah, another great question. While traditional redlining remains a focus, it is noteworthy that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau Director Rohit Chopra is announcing a more traditional redlining enforcement matter warned that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau will be closely watching for digital redlining that is disguised through so-called neutral algorithms that may reinforce the bias that have long existed. Chopra noted that the modern day redlining in which using algorithms to make lending and advertising decisions may result in discrimination. So here we go again with technology 
um, and, and those uh, types of uh, algorithms that they're looking at are are pretty interesting. So fintech companies and other lenders often use those uh, algorithms or proprietary al algorithms in their underwriting of, of their loans. Although lawmakers have acknowledged that some fintech products have the potential to expand access to the financial services for underserved populations, uh, they did express concerns and in the view that the products also create opportunities for discrimination. A recent study found that by increasing competition in the lending market and making it easier to apply for mortgage, algorithmic geez, say that three times faster <laughs> than the algorithmic uh, lending appeared to reduce the likelihood that the loan applications of borrowers of color would be rejected, thus reducing discrimination in the lender's decision-making processes to, to accept or reject potential borrowers. However, the study also found that the face-to-face -face and fintech lenders both charge Latino and African-American borrowers interest rates six to nine basis points higher than they charge comparable white or Asian ethnicity borrowers, almost identical to the interest rate premium that minority borrowers face with traditional underwriting. In other words, lawmakers claim that the algorithms used by fintech lenders are, are discriminatory as loan officers. The letter includes an estimate by the researchers that Latino and African-American borrowers are paying between 250 to 500 million extra per year in mortgage interest. While these re results are mixed, uh, this is not an acceptable outcome, as you can imagine. I suppose an argument can be made that this is a, a form of reverse redlining as well, uh, which is uh, uh, where where they specifically target neighborhoods and actually charge them more um, based on uh, any of the you know, prohibited basis. So uh, so not only are we talking about redlining, Len, we're also talking in, in a sense about reverse uh, redlining and targeting of individuals. Wow. It's not only interesting, I think it's somewhat ironic. <laughs> I completely agree about the reverse redlining risk. So, Dean, given this uh, situation, how do institutions avoid or limit the potential for redlining risk? What recommendations yeah. do you have? Yeah, no, I, I, another you know excellent question. And to identify and mitigate potential redlinings, institutions need to do a few things. They need to understand their their market area and the demographics of that uh, uh, geography within that area. And, and um, for CRA, in, in a lot of cases, they call that the performance context. You know, here we are talking mm -hmm. about fair lending and defining your market, understanding your market, and looking at your peers and doing some level of comparison. Um, also evaluate the method, methods by which your uh, institution obtains your loan applications, including any marketing or out, outreach efforts and branches. Uh, I mean, recently we've seen issues relative to marketing and, you know, target marketing of specific markets themselves by avoiding and, and avoiding other areas, which, uh, as you know, from a fair lending perspective can be problematic. Um, also assess the the lending performance within the market area and don't just co compare your performance to yourself. And here we go again with performance context, compare to your peers. Um, I think that's important. I mean, if you're generating, you know, one loan in a particular area and your, your peers are generating uh, uh, 50 loans in a particular area, you better be prepared to address that. So market mm -hmm. area is generally where the institution markets for credit and where it plans to conduct their business. And the examiners will evaluate the financial institution's redlining risk using what is referred to as the REMA or the reasonably expected market area. 
Uh, and then again, the interagency fair lending exam procedures explain what that is, a reasonably expected market areas where the financial institution act, actually marketed or provided credit or where it could be reasonably expected to have marketed or provided credit. So examiners determine the REMA after considering uh, a, a couple of different factors. One is the institution's methods uh, that are used to attract business, such as the institution's marketing and out, outreach efforts and strategies, as well as the channels by which uh, loan applications are taken, including but not limited to the branch or loan production office locations, uh, or mortgage subsidiaries, online applications, and the institution's use of third parties, such as mortgage brokers or realtors. And again, this is a big one because, you know, one of the things that we have seen at, at financial institutions um, is the expansion into loan production offices because they're trying to generate more loan activity. And those are outside of their assessment area, um, but are now deemed to be included within a market area. It also is where the institution has received uh, loan applications or you know, originated loans. So uh, these are obviously very critical in the in the fair lending process and understanding your overall market and assessment area. Yeah, you know, Dean, by the way, one of the difficult things about REMAs is they're not defined in any regulation. No one really knows. There's no book or rule or, or Q&A that you can go to that defines a REMA. So yeah. it's something that kind of uh, the, the regulators introduced back in 2009 uh, just uh, by out in the field. So it complicates uh, things because you can't go to the book and look at the definition of REMA. It's, although I think a lot of things you're citing are definitely factors. Uh, the, there have been uh, some publications by the regulators that explain what they're looking at, just like you did. But now you did talk about the market area. Uh, what about uh, assessment areas? Because that is a defined concept in CRA, and you alluded to that. Yeah, I know two, you know, two, two uh, uh, different, or I should say there is a distinction between the two. And, and as we know, there are different rules or different regulations uh, that are, that are, uh, uh, that, that are used uh, in, in, in these definitions. And as required by the Community Reinvestment Act, CRA, a financial institution shall delineate one or more assessment areas uh, within which the examiners evaluate the financial institution's record of helping to meet the credit needs of the community. So in general, an assessment area includes the geographies where the institution has its main office, its branches, its deposit taking uh, 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 ATM machines, as well as any surrounding geographies in which the institution has originated or purchased a substantial portion of its loans. While the financial institution's uh, CRA assessment area often serves as the REMA, um, again, the uh, interagency fair lending exam procedures note that in some cases, the assessment area may be too limited. Uh, for instance, if a financial institution has a number of loan production offices outside of its assessment area, the REMER may include that larger area, as I was just referring to. So mm -hmm. determining what a REMER is will always depend on specifics of the institution and its business strategy. And as you alluded to, Len, it's not really defined. So trying to figure out exactly what the impact is. Is it, is it you know, is it one loan? Is it 50 loans? Is it, you know, is it a volume? Is it a dollar amount? I mean, I guess those are some of the questions you know, that would be helpful mm -hmm. uh, being answered. So uh, there's a problem out there for uh, banks uh, regarding this issue. Uh, what examples or suggestions do you have that financial, financial institutions can take to mitigate potential redlining risks relating to the market area? I suppose my simple answer would be to use, use firms such as uh, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> 
or retire. <laughs> yeah, or retire. We could certainly help them in there. But, uh, no, I, I, you know, just to take a few bullet points, I think, um, you know, familiarize your loan officers and applicable loan staff with fair lending requirements. And, you know, this is going a little bit beyond just your traditional technical uh, requirements under uh, ECOA or Fair Housing Act. I mean, really, really, really understand what is fair lending, all this, what does it mean? Uh, you know, the equitable treatment um, um, in the lending process throughout the entire area that the financial institution serves. I think they should periodically review where they're lending, especially if they, they've experienced recent growth or expansion activity. If the financial institution has expanded the geographical area it serves, this larger market may reflect a different demographic profile. So uh, the demographic profile of the financial institution's market may shift over time. So a regular review can help spot any of those changes that may affect their redlining risk overall. Uh, play co close attention uh, if the financial institution's assessment area includes uh, only partial political subdivisions or portions of towns, cities, or counties. Uh, the other day I was looking at an assessment area and it absolutely was mind-boggling that um, you could see where they clearly made a distinction in the county and in the, their delineation of the assessment area, but holy smokes, right smack dab in the middle of it, which they excluded from their assessment area, was a huge bulk of majority-minority populations. And it was like, uh -oh. holy Moses, that is a major red flag. And I just could not believe that the institution had done something like that. Um, so it's important, you know, that they uh, they take a hard look at how they're delineating uh, those assessment areas and, and making sure that they don't exclude minority populations from it. See, our rules do require that the assessment area generally consist of one or more MSAs or metropolitan divisions or one or more contingent uh, political subdivisions such as a county, city or town. So, uh, again, very important. And then. You know, I can't uh, I, I can't dismiss or, or move on without addressing at least marketing and outreach efforts, because that's where, again, we've seen issues in marketing and outreach um, in what we call target marketing. So they should develop measurable standards for marketing, advertising and any of their outreach strategies and periodically assess the results um, to evaluate the success of these strategies, reaching different demographic populations, either within their market or assessment area. Review their marketing, including their branching strategies, if used to reach applicants to ensure that they offer a reasonable level of marketing. Credit products in the areas uh, of concentration of minority groups, residents, and also their market area. Um, and as part of any review, the financial institution may want to review business contacts with third parties, such as real estate agents and home builders, that may serve as a source of applicants um, for, for finding credit products within the financial institutions. I mean, one one issue we ran into uh, a few years back was they had a branch um, that that was used, obviously, to take uh, an applications um, um, was in a primarily Hispanic speaking area, but not one person in the branch could speak Spanish. <laughs> well, that presents a little bit of an issue when you start looking at or comparing your lending activity compared to your peers in an area. And you can say, well, geez, we're not lending in that area. Well, I wonder if it has anything to do with your marketing strategy of, of, uh, or, or, or at least your branch composition of not having anybody that can speak Spanish. So those things are all critical. Um, and as I indicated, analyze mortgage broker relationships to ensure that they provide reasonable levels of outreach and marketing 
uh, to areas uh, with concentrations of minority residents compared to markets with lower concentrations of minority residents. And I, you know, again, that's that's important stuff. Um, don't wait for the regulators before you decide to uh, to address your fair lending risk, or you're going to be in trouble. It's imperative that you have uh, a, a, what they call a fair lending risk assessment. Um, that you have uh, strong monitoring controls in place with some level of independent testing to confirm that uh, that we're doing what we should be doing and that we haven't identified any red flags. Uh, and keep in mind that that's what fair lending is really all about. It's about identifying those red flags so that we can ensure that we fully address them in advance of any exam activity and really understanding what's going on. So um, all that stuff is real critical to, to ensuring that we have uh, a sound fair lending program in our institutions. Great information, Dean, and I'm certain our audience will find it helpful, if not a little intimidating. <laughs> we hope that all of you listening to today's podcast have enjoyed it. This is Len Suzio from Geodata Vision. And this is Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting saying thank you for listening to today's topic and please let us know of any topics you'd like to hear in the future podcast. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and Geodata Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.